welcome to the Ryla Cast, the official podcast of Camp Ryla, Rotary District 5810. I am Greg Tupper, uh, sitting in my home in an undisclosed location, sitting in his palace, uh, which you can see on top of a hilltop if you're at the right part of the DFW Metroplex. He is the man they call Josie. He is Andrew Josie Utz. Well, hello, Greg. Hello, hello. I'm waving to you from my window. Thank you. Thank you. That makes me feel like we're real, we really are together recording this podcast together. Um, and we're back. Um, we're back. Re- remember us? It's it's uh it's 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 been a minute, and um I I would tell you that I have a great excuse for not having a podcast for the past like <clears throat> spell of time, but I don't. We just kind of didn't do it. Uh, the world was kind of uh, I I would say that the world had other priorities at the moment. Yeah, I I would <clears throat> I would say if I can if I can spin this that oh let's go to the spin it, zone. It is okay. There are times to focus on yourself when you really need to kind of look inward mm-hmm. and and let let life go by. And uh, and that was one of these times. Is that now? Can you can we edit this out or is that is that in? No, that's perfect. I'm not okay. going to do any editing of this podcast at all. <laughs> okay, um, perfect. Which you know is is in line with us. So we're back for what we're just going to. You know what we're going to call this? We're going to say this is the second season of the Rylocast. That's what we're going to do. Second season. Yeah, it's season two. We got renewed, um, nice. and so uh, we're back. And uh, look, a lot's happened since the last time uh, we we all got together and talked, including. Um, Camp happened, and I'm using uh, air quotes. Camp uh, happened yes. um, in the form of Rileyd, the first ever um, digital version of of Camp. Uh, and I know you were involved in it. I know I was involved in it. It was kind of all hands on deck. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was really good. And uh, yeah, Rileyd stands for Rotary Youth Leadership Education and Development. So I like that. We love our acronyms here. Yes, we do. Uh, If there's one thing Ryla loves, it's (laughs) acronyms. Uh, But yeah, I thought that. uh, How do I want to put this? Because our I talk briefly with um, um, our guest today is Maddie Reed, and I talked with her about this, and um, I think we both agreed that look. I don't think anybody is saying that we are going to cancel camp forever and we're just going to do this online. Um, I don't think anybody is suggesting that. I think what we are saying is, uh, you know, in a pinch, this was not, this is, this is pretty darn good. This is a a pretty decent stand in during obviously unprecedented times. Absolutely. And, and proof, um, that quality leadership, um, Building, I don't know if that that's not the mm-hmm. right term, but leadership development uh, can push forward in these unprecedented times. And Josie, I'm just so glad you mentioned that. I'm just so glad you mentioned the idea of flexibility because that's what I want to talk about today. It's <gasps> uh, as, as a perfect segue into our big segment. It's a perfect segue, man. It's like it's like we planned it, and we actually didn't. I should say, we <laughs> you guys, you guys think that we planned this podcast? Come on, we're just turning I'm on the po- popular belief. We're turning on the we're turning on the recording and just talking. Uh, but I do want to talk about flexibility in leadership because I feel like over the course of the last year. Um, with the pandy as the kid cool kids are calling it um that's that's the cool uh, short version of pandemic um because of that 
everybody has had to alter their lifestyle. Everybody has had to alter the way that they go about their business um, in in small ways and in big ways. And I think it's really brought into focus um, the leaders who are able to adapt and the leaders who are able to be flexible. And I think that and, and and this is me, and I think I speak on behalf of a lot of people who are involved in in the Ryla program. Who I think we're all we all have similar wires in our brain. Um, I think we are all people who like a plan. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that that's fair to say. I I would say that that most uh, Rylarians uh, like to look uh, like to 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 know what's on the docket for the day, what we're planning to accomplish, how we're planning to accomplish it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, obviously, the, and I think that that the Ryla program is a perfect embodiment of this, uh, it doesn't always go to plan. And by doesn't always, I mean extremely rarely <laughs> goes to plan. But I think that what you saw with Rylead is a perfect example of the value of being adaptable, the value of being nimble, I like that word, and the mm. value of being flexible uh, in these times. And, and I think that when we think about flexibility as far as being, a, as far as leadership is concerned, um, I think that we see, I think we think of, of, of just like, oh, we can change our plans if we need to. That, um, for example, I think what we think of is Josie, to use this podcast as an example, normally you and I get together in a studio and we talk into microphones looking at one another. Um, this is – we are accomplishing the same thing by the miracle of the internet and that is our flexibility, right? Right. I think that there's – and I think that that's true. I would put that I, – I, I think that that is like a, fun, a functional perspective. That type of flexibility is important, which is we ha- we are at point A. We need to get to point B, but there's a roadblock in the way. How can we find a way around it to actually physically get to point B? But in looking around and, and, and trying to find some some interesting articles on on flexibility and leadership, I, I happened across this article on the uh, – for the Center for Creative Leadership – um, so I, I would say that they, they've, they've, they really nailed the naming convention there. Um, they, and, and so they list three types of flexibility, uh, as a leader, uh, that will help you adapt to change. One of them is cognitive. Okay. And I think that that's probably what we're talking about more from the like actual physical way of doing things of like, we have to think differently. We have to find a way to accomplish what we need to. Um, you know, how, you know, how can we do that? How can we be flexible in a cognitive way? How can you be flexible in an emotional way? Um, I think that's a really interesting way, thing to think about because, um, you know, let's use the pandemic as an example. Uh, I think that that has obviously changed a l- the way that a lot of people are are operating upstairs, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that you have to be able to be flexible to accomplish your goals. Uh, be flexible emotionally and 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 understanding, you know, vary your approach uh, to dealing with emotions and others' emotions as well. Um, you know, are you going to be able to? go through and, and, and not treat everything. I think, I think one of the things we think about with leadership is we, we have the people that we are quote unquote leading and, and, and it's easy to think of them as just, okay, well, these are people who are just going to do what I say. Uh, 
well, there are certain ways of going about it to make sure that we are we are able to take into account their emotions and where they are where they are from a comfort level, um, and being comfortable with the process of transition, and kind of giving giving and taking between the leader and the and the people who are experiencing those emotional changes. So I think that's important. The other one they list is I, I'm, something I thought about is is dispositional flexibility, which is. Um, they say it's the ability to remain optimistic and at the same time realistic, ah. um, which I think is is interesting. Um, and I think that there have been times during this pandemic. I think it's easy to say that there's uh, there's an easy way to uh, to be pretty pessimistic. Uh, just turn on the internet. Um, <laughs> right. There, but how can you go about it? And how can you how can you operate? in a way that is going to remain optimistic, right? Because I think it's important for, for leaders to, to, to be not necessarily, I don't want to say put on a brave face. Cause I think that, you know, feel your feelings and, and however you're going to, but I do think that it's going to be interesting um, to, you know, how do you go about it where you can maintain some optimism while also recognizing the facts on the ground? You know what I mean? And I think a lot of that just comes down to kind of being honest with people and just saying, look, here's the situation. It's not going to be fun, but at the same time, I think we're going to be okay. I know I've had that conversation with my wife about a hundred times over the course of the last, you know, uh, you know, the, the last year or so, which is, and we've had to tell each other that, which is, uh, you know, it's tough, but it's going to be okay. And so it's not, it's a matter of not being blindly uh, positive, nor, pessimistic and defeatist it's just a, acknowledging a bad situation but visualizing a better future which i think is is an interesting way to to, to think about kind of flexibility because I, again i think that we think about it as oh we can change our plans and do things as we need to but i think that one of the things and, and to go back to what we were talking about with riley one of the real triumphs i would say about the about this year's this year's camp in um in in air quotes is that we did recognize all three of those, we were flexible in all three of those ways, which is we, we obviously couldn't all get together and, you know, do the, 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 the human not right. That was not right. able. So we found ways to have those leadership activities without being together. That's one thing. But I think we also, in, in, in my experience with the program, we were also able to, to recognize the emotional changes that people were going through as well as, you know, trying to remain, optimistic about it while also recognizing that, yeah, you know what, this is not our preferred way of doing things. We would all prefer to be at camp, but I think that, 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 that flexibility really shown through with examples with, with Riley. And I think it's a good example of, of the value of flexibility and leadership. I like that. And, uh, and to piggyback on the flexibility of Riley, um, th- there was a, at the beginning, you know, this was uncharted territory in terms of putting it together a virtual program. Um, but there was an in-person component that, you know, to, to your point of be optimistic, but also realistic, there was an in-person of, Hey, when we get to April, we're planning on this in-person thing. And as, Mm -hmm. as the program progressed, realism set in and that wasn't possible. So, um, it's that idea. If I can just piggyback on the you know, flexibility is sure. not like one decision. It's, yeah. it's a continuous, continuous improvement, if you will. Yeah, I think that's right. So 
there you go. That's what I have to say on this podcast. Uh, let's go talk to somebody who has more things to say. Um, uh, the person who bullied her way onto this podcast, um, <laughs> Maddie Reed, joins us. She's our guest on the Rallycast. If you stay with us. Back here on the Rylacast, it is my great pleasure to welcome in the first person to ever bully her way onto the podcast. We go live, and by live I mean recorded, to Florida to talk to our good friend and our resident bully, Maddie Reed. Hi, Maddie. Hello. That is I don't I don't hate that title. You I'll be honest, uh, you and I have stood next to each other. Um, I am significantly larger than you are. Part of that is that I am large. Part of that is that you are small. Yes. And yet I do feel intimidated whenever I'm around you. Good. Then it's working. That's my goal in life is to just intimidate other people. And the way, the way you got onto this podcast is, and, and, and for those who, who don't know, uh, at the, at the final, uh, module of the Rileyed, the wonderful uh, online um, online version of camp, let's say. Yeah. Um, you were the you were the the head honcho there. You were running the show. Mm-hmm. I was the keynote speaker. Mm-hmm. And afterwards you decided to I mean just air me out. That's that's what you decided to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do to get where you want to go. Look. If there's, anyth- if there's anything that we know about Ryla, it is about empowering people, and you empowered your way onto this podcast, so welcome. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. But now, now you got to provide us with content, and so that's why you're here. Yes, um, exactly. So the, the question we like to start these, these types of interviews with mm-hmm. is uh, a vague one, but tell us your Ryla story. How in the world did you get involved with this crazy group of people? Yes. So I was, um, I went to Plano East Senior High um, with uh, Plano, I believe at that time it was Plano Sunrise Rotary that was uh, sponsoring us to go to camp. Um, Went to camp in 2014. Um, My cabin didn't quite click. I wouldn't say that we were like the it cabin because, you know, like every year at camp, there's like that cabin that like wins everything. And you're like, okay, cool, cool. I get that. That was not my cabin um, that year. And I wouldn't say that I got it immediately. Um, It was kind of like chilling through camp. And I was like, this is cool. Like I've been to summer camps and this is like kind of like summer camp, but also like kind of like school um, and so it was a little bit of a mix of both. And I was like, okay, not wrong, that. not wrong. Right. Uh, right. You know, yeah, I was like, right. I see the hype. Okay. This is cool. And then applied to be on advisory crickets, heard nothing. And was like, okay, cool. I did my one year. I was done. Um, got hit up by the one and only Becca Egger, um, in about Ooh. December after camp. And she was like, Hey, by the way, um, do you want to join advisory now? Um, so again, just kind of muzzled my way in there. Um, I do believe a lot of people realized that it wasn't quite for them. So they went back to the drawing board, grabbed a few more people for advisory, um, went back as an ACA in 2015, went back um, for two, three years after that, I believe, never took my gap year. Um, was very proud of that, that I was not asked to take a gap year. Um, Again, just kind of stayed around and stayed involved and got asked to come back every year. I unfortunately was not able to go back to camp in 2019 
due to starting a new job. Um, but that's when I joined forces with the Ryla social media team and was able to stay involved that way. And then obviously 2020, we didn't have camp and got to jump in full force into Rye lead. And that brings us here. And, and I guess maybe one, one place I'm, I'm interested in going, cause you were obviously very integral in getting Rye lead to happen. And, and I think, everyone in the world has had to let's use the real the real cool phrase of pivot mm-hmm. during the the covid-19 pandemic um and so i guess my question for you is when you take a look at what we were able to accomplish through Rye lead what are the the challenges and what are maybe the triumphs that are going to stick with you yeah for sure um i will say probably the biggest challenge of all is going to come from this like all encompassing term of zoom fatigue that Mm. everyone has gotten that like everything as we're talking on zoom. Right. Exactly. Um, that everything is online and everything is virtual now. And so imagine telling all of these high school seniors that are taking all of their classes online, like, Hey, do you want to do another thing? That's like six months long and all over zoom again, yet another. And they're like, all of their clubs have been moved online. All of their friend gatherings have been moved online. Um, so that was definitely the biggest hurdle was trying to get over some of that and figure out how we can make it interesting and how we could keep it engaging instead of just being another Zoom call every month um, kind of thing. But I think now since we can kind of look back on it that it's all completely over, we have hit all six modules and that kind of stuff, just being able to see the amount of um, students that were still there at the end, I think was far more than I ever thought it would be, which I don't know if that's like not putting enough trust in what we had planned or if that was just one of those that we kind of planned for the worst and hoped for the best kind of thing. So to be able to see that that many kids realized that like, hey, this Ryla thing is still pretty cool, even though it wasn't necessarily an in-person crazy week of camp of like constantly being tired and your feet hurting and not getting any sleep. Um, so it was interesting to pull all of the summer camp out of Rye lead and see what we still had left with it. Yeah. It w- and, and uh, you know, this is as somebody who was involved in the beginning and then involved in the end, um, it strikes me as, uh, a, a pretty, pretty sincere success, um, in the sense that I, you know, in talking with some of the, the campers and hearing from them at the, at the end, it does feel like, yeah, I don't think Rye lead is necessarily the number. I don't think anybody's like, well, we should ditch camp and we should just do this online. Um, but yeah. I do think that it, it's going to go down as, as, as all things considered a pretty darn good success. Yeah. I mean, I think it was, we took what we had and we worked with it and we're like, okay, cool. That was fun. Now camp would be great again. And we could definitely take some of the things that we have learned through the Rye lead process and bring them into camp. Um, but I definitely do believe that the whole aspect of Ryla is a very in-person kind of thing. It's a very personal experience and doing it all over the computer was, was interesting for sure. But I think it definitely got us some good insights on how to be, um, well, and it's kind of funny because Ryla, we're like, okay, lock your phones away. And now Riley, mm-hmm. we're like, okay, we're going to do this all via group chat. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it was just one of those that you're like, huh, maybe we can bring some technology back into this. And I feel like it helps us get some ideas together for how to continue Ryla after the one week of camp. Um, and so I mentioned that you guys, uh, I mentioned that you are in, you're talking to us in, from Florida um uh what what is it that you would say that you 
do? Okay. Um, so <laughs> I had graduated and got my dream job. Um, and then COVID hit and I lost my dream job. So I'm not doing anything fun anymore. Um, which a lot of people don't realize I was working for the NBA and I don't do that anymore. So now I, um, uh, I don't know if I can actually say this. I am a government slave. I work for the health department. So wow. Now. <laughs> wow. Okay. So I guess, I guess, um, what is it? And you went to the university of Texas. I know that's yes, something you're very proud of. Yes. Um, some might say obnoxious, but at the same time, I would say. It's what got me through the University of Texas being the one, the only Hookem himself. That is, and and that's kind of where I want to go with this. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's now, it's now, uh, it was a a secret for a while, but you were the Texas mascot. Yes, I was. I was Hook'em, who was our plush character. Um, lovely longhorn on two legs, not to be confused with Bevo, who's the one who walks on four legs and smells like a cow. Two mm. completely different things, yes. Um, and also the much lesser known Airhorn, which is our inflatable character. He is nine feet tall. He also walks on two legs and does not smell like a cow. And so I, I have so many questions about that, but I guess, you know, one thing I think is, is great is that one thing I've noticed is that there's a lot of Aggies in, in Ryla, a yeah. lot of Aggies. There's also a lot of Longhorns though. We're just not quite as obnoxious. Ooh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to uh, go right. there with it. Let's, con- let's continue this. Uh, let's continue. Let's get this. <laughs> let's get this. Uh, uh, Camp 2021 is going to be just like everybody coming together and be like, I've got an online beef with you and now we're going to settle it. Exactly. That's what I'm here uh, for. And so, you know, I guess one question I, I like to ask people who, who come on the podcast is, is why stay involved? Look, you're in Florida. Mm-hmm. You are successful. You have gotten a lot out of camp, obviously, I think that is fair to say. Yeah. Like, what's, what's the incentive for you to stay? Why don't you just kind of high five everybody and go your own way? Like, what, what's keeping you coming back? Um, I will say it's really the only place in the world that I get called a food czar. Um, so that's kind of fun. I do it for the title. Um, but if we're being honest, um, Shelby Smith once said that Ryla is full of beautiful people. And I completely agree. That has stuck with me. Um, that the people in Ryla, yes, well, we are all very great looking. This is an audio podcast. They don't know what we look like right now. But um, the fact that we are all like beautiful on the inside kind of thing, and that it's just good people and good company. And it's one of those that like, Sometimes going through high school, you have high school friends and then you're like, okay, you go off to college, you have college friends, and then you like move across the country and you're like, well, okay, cool. That was fun. But Ryla friends are one of those that like have kind of been through every stage of life, I feel like with each other. And granted, we're not all the exact same age. So some of us are younger, some of us are older, and we go through these different stages of life and we're able to help everyone else through it. And it's just the the people. Whereas like coming out of high school, all of my friends were the girls that I was on the softball team with. And we're like, cool, we had like one thing in common that was pretty surface level, and then that was it. And in college, it was my sorority sisters. Again, one thing in common, but kind of surface level. So going, Ryla, we all have pretty much surface level. There's not much that's in common about all of us, except for the fact that we kind of went to high school in the North Dallas area. Mm-hmm. Not yeah, really about it. It is, it, it, you know, and, and I think that, I think the other thing and, and something that, that always strikes me is, is, you you never with Ryla you never have to question why someone's there 
Like right. you never have to question like their intentions that like, um, and I'm not, I, I don't know what sorority you were in. If you want to shout them out real quick, but like they're, boom, boom. they go, there are people who like join Greek organizations because it's a good networking tool and because mm-hmm. it's a good way of staying involved. It's good for your resume, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I think one of the things that, and especially, you know, for, for and yes, I'm not, that's not to say that Ryla is not good on your resume, but one thing that's always struck me about that, that's made camp special and made this organization special is that like everyone's intentions are pretty darn pure of like, yeah, like we got something from this program and we want to pay it forward. And and that, that is something that has always been very, um, I don't, I, it's, it's made staying involved an easy choice. You know what I mean? Yeah. For sure. And like, cause like you said, people aren't there to just like go through it and get out and get the name of it. Because mm-hmm. if we're being completely honest, there's a lot of people out there that have no idea what Ryla is mm-hmm. at all. I mean, yes, it is a great like networking tool and that kind of thing. But it's again, like you said, it's not quite the same as putting like your college on your resume or like that kind of thing. It's not quite, the name isn't quite worth all of the work that goes into it, but so much more of it is worth it. So um, I want to give you a, a, a couple of, of things here to, mm-hmm. to to close things out. First and foremost, um, uh, you you mentioned that you're involved with our social media. Yes. With with Ryla's social media, can you teach me um, social media? No, I have I know nothing about it. That is the one and only Kristen Helmberger. I love her, and she told me to say that I love her on this podcast, so I got it in there. Um, she. Her and Katie do a fantastic job with our social media. My one and only job for our social media is actually making the graphics and the captions for the Ryla cast. Okay. So that's it? That's all so I wait, So wait, 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 wait. <laughs> so you have been as involved with the Ryla cast as basically I, me and Josie have been. Yes, I would like yeah. to say. That's why I was kind you're, of hurt that like I listened to every episode before it even comes out. I listened the to third it two or three times team. to make these graphics mm. and I had never once been asked. You're the third member of the team. I think because we just like we were, you know, sometimes, um, I don't know, like sometimes you just need to keep your powder dry when you know you got a, a killer guest and you're like, all right, we're gonna, like, we'll break okay. glass in case of emergency. You okay. know what I mean? I like uh, you know, now now we're doing that. That's a good save by me. We'll go with One that. Of the, um, I want to give you an opportunity since you have listened to every podcast, uh, every yes. Rallycast. Uh, at the end of every interview, we do like to give people an opportunity to plug something. Would you like to plug something, Maddie? Yes. I had been thinking about this actually all day. I was like, oh my gosh, I got to <laughs> plug something. I was like, are you're literally our biggest fan. I know. I was like, are they still going to ask me to do that? Because I didn't have to pick a word. I was like, am I still going to have to plug something? I don't know. Um, so I, other than adopting shelter dogs, because I have my uh, shelter potato back here snoring. Um, my plug for today will be growing your own food. I got to go full food czar on this one, growing your own food, whether it be just like, you know, like a basil or a mint plant or like tomatoes, which are fairly indestructible, Mm. unless you get fruit flies, then they're kind of done for, but growing your own food is like so worth it, even though it takes forever (laughs) and it doesn't taste any different than buying at the grocery store, but like mentally, it's mm. worth growing your own food because you're like, hey man, I produced this and now I'm eating it. Look at me being sustainable. My uh, my older brother and his wife um, grow bell peppers, and they are, as you can probably imagine, called Tepper's peppers. Um, and so finally, I do want to ask you because I asked you to tell me something that most people don't know about you, and uh, you told me, and I'm just going to read here off of the uh, the, the sheet. Um, <clears throat> maybe I'm misreading this. It says. I coached softball in Egypt. Uh, That is, I'm going to be honest, Maddie, that sounds like a Mad Lib. 
That um, is actually correct. So I have done some strange things in my life, going to be completely honest, um, but most people know about most of them. So about being mascots, working for NBAs, like that kind of thing. Like that's, I just, people just know that I've done some strange things with my life. And so you're like, what's one thing that most people don't know? And I was like, well, I got to think of something pre-Ryla. So I, the, um, well, it wasn't really pre-Ryla. It was the summer after I graduated from high school. I moved to Egypt for the summer and coached softball. Yeah. Sure, as it, one does. Right, exactly. Lived in Alexandria, coached in Alexandria. Um, the It was a like um, 18U junior national team kind of thing. So it wasn't like big deal. Softball is not the um, sport of choice in Egypt. They are a big soccer country. Mm-hmm. Um, big soccer, fairly big in handball. Um, and so you like kind of take the least favorite things of both of those sports and throw them into softball and they're not big fans, going to be honest, but mm. it was, it was a lot of fun. Were you guys any good? Um, no. Okay. Like, I mean, in playing against other countries, no, yeah. not at all. But in your heart. Yes. You, were, we were you guys were number one. Like I said, these girls were, they all wanted to grow up to either be handball players or soccer players, which in Egypt is not a very um, fantastic dream for a female, if we're going to be completely honest. Um, mm-hmm. It is a very male-driven country. And so just being there, being able to coach girls in sports that was only allowed for girls, like boys could not play softball. Um they get their own sport. They can play baseball, but they can't play softball kind of thing. Um, and so I think that was probably the best part about that was a very, it was a very empowering summer, but yeah, lived in Egypt, um, spoke enough Arabic to know when people were talking about me on the streets and how to ask for the bathroom. And that was it. She's Maddie Reed. She is empowering everyone around her, whether she is a mascot, whether she is running the graphics for this podcast or whether she is working for the government. Uh, Maddie, thanks for being on the RylaCast. Thank you so much. And our thanks once again to Maddie Reed, our guest here on the RylaCast. Uh, I am glad that she bullied her way onto the podcast. As am I. Yes. That's uh, it's it's very very kind of her. She was that was a, a gross oversight from our booking committee. Our bo- I, we've really got to talk with our with the people who book this show. Our people are going to talk to her people. Okay, and good. Maybe get like a gift basket or something to <laughs> rectify the situation. Yes, perhaps a yes a, a gift basket, <laughs> just like ed- an edible arrangement, something like right. that. No, right. Um. All right, and now. Uh, because this is season two, you know, look, we went to the executives and we said, Hey, what do you like about the podcast? What do you want to change about the podcast? And one of the things they said is they said, Hey, you know, we need at the end of every podcast. We need a quote of the week, which, okay, cool. You know, the, the, the big men upstairs, they, they call the shots. And so with our quote of the week, let's go to Andrew Josiotz. Well, thank you, Greg. And, uh, to set up the quote of the week, did you know Rotary has not one, but two official mottos. Uh, boy, as somebody who hosts a, a Rotary adjacent podcast, it is uh, not good for me to say, no, I didn't know that. But uh, here I am telling you, no, I didn't know that. Well, that's okay. I did not know that either. Oh, thank God. This is, this is a safe place. <laughs> good. We're, and, both, uh, we're both fired. <laughs> and, you know, we're in the sophomore slump, second season. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> but in in trying to find a, a quote or motto, I stumbled upon a quote from a speech that Rotarian Arthur Frederick Sheldon delivered to the first Rotary Convention in 1910 that ended up being one of the two Rotary official mottos. Now, for those with the bingo card at home, service above self may be the one that is top of mind. That's that's the OG. That's the OG. This one is one profits most who serves best. Hmm. And one profits most who serves best. Right. And then that was Arthur Frederick Sheldon's quote um, that he basically declared uh, that only the science of right conduct towards others pays. And business is the science of human services, uh, which honestly was a little fancy terminology. You know, back in 1910, I'm probably not quite at the reading level required for mm-hmm. understanding that. But um, but that's my quote to leave you with this week okay. is is think about um, how how you can best serve and be flexible. The first convention, which is where that uh, quote originates from, held in Chicago, August 15th through 19th, 1910. Uh, there were 60 people in attendance. 60. 60. Um, it has grown since then, I would imagine. <laughs> it has. Um, it was held at the Congress Hotel on Michigan Avenue in Chicago. Uh, and uh, yeah, they uh, there were 14 clubs present. 14. 14 clubs. Yes. Uh, so they, and, and, and the larger clubs did hold more votes. They're saying whenever they were figuring things out, like the Chicago Rotary Club got six, six votes, which, uh, talk Ooh. about home field advantage. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, right. uh, and, uh, yeah. So there you go. Um, the, there it is your quote of the week here on season two of the Ryla cast. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Uh, if you like this podcast, we hope that you will uh, tell a friend you'll rate and review it. And uh, here with an antiquated way of telling a friend about the Ryla cast is Josie. Yes. I uh, go ahead and set up a convention with 13 of your closest friends <laughs> and create a motto that incorporates the Ryla cast. <laughs> what a terrible use of your time what a don't do that don't do what josie said just like i don't know text somebody um you said antiquated <laughs> we'll see you next time on the rally cast. Mm-hmm.